affectionate satire. We've talked about Eliot's clever humor and subtle sarcasm in Silas Marner. She has a talent for identifying human foibles, laying them bare, and in doing so, making us laugh. In these latest chapters, Eliot exposed the irrational thinking of simple minds who have become captivated by a scandal. Here are a few of my favorite examples. There are those so excited by a story and eager for the sordid details that will give it shape that they seize upon anything as evidence and leap to a narrative with that evidence at the center. Those like the busybody villagers and their tinderbox. Quote, A close investigation of the spot had disclosed, in the direction opposite to the village, a tinderbox with a flint and steel half sunk in the mud. It was not Silas's tinderbox, for the only one he had ever had was still standing on his shelf. And the inference generally accepted was that the tinderbox in the ditch was somehow connected with the robbery. Unquote. Then there are the contrarians with their own pet theories, who, in the absence of any evidence, just belligerently assert their sacred right to an opinion, evidence or not. Those like the men whose cynical instincts told them Silas had staged the theft. Quote, a small minority shook their heads and intimated their opinion that it was not a robbery to have much light thrown on it by tinderboxes, that Master Marner's tale had a queer look with it, and that such things had been known as a man's doing himself a mischief, and then setting the justice to look for the doer. But when questioned closely as to their grounds for this opinion, and what Master Marner had to gain by such false pretenses, they only shook their heads as before, and observed that there was no knowing what some folks counted gain, moreover, that everybody had a right to their own opinions, grounds or no grounds, and that the weaver, as everybody knew, was partly crazy." Unquote. There are those so eager to be the one in the know, that where they lack information that would allow them to crack the case, they just let their imaginations fill in the pieces. Those like Mr. Snell and his fertile memory. Quote, it had just occurred to Mr. Snell, the landlord, he being, as he observed, a man accustomed to put two and two together, to connect with the tinderbox, which, as deputy constable, he himself had had the honorable distinction of finding, certain recollections of a peddler who had called to drink at the house about a month before, and had actually stated that he carried a tinderbox about with him to light his pipe. Here, surely, was a clue to be followed out. And as memory, when duly impregnated with ascertained facts, is sometimes surprisingly fertile, Mr. Snell gradually recovered a vivid impression of the effect produced on him by the peddler's countenance and conversation. He had a look with his eye, which fell unpleasantly on Mr. Snell's sensitive organism. Unquote. And my favorite of all, there's the phenomenon of a story that grows with the telling of it, particularly when it's a salacious one on which a lot is at stake like the story of those earrings. It begins with a question, was the peddler wearing earrings? And the answer proceeds from, I'm not sure, to the distinct memory that he was, to a clear picture of big earrings in the shape of the moon, to a vivid recollection of how the sight of them had made one's blood creep, 
to a feeling of wonder that the peddler hadn't murdered Silas, given that he wore such earrings. The satire is delicious. But I think it's important to note that it is a gentle, even affectionate satire. We are not meant to feel a superior disdain for these villagers. We're meant to be charmed by their quirks. In his book, George Eliot, Leslie Stephen puts it well, quote, The crude attempts of the natural man are redeemed from brutality by the absence of real ill nature. In these good people, with their primitive views of logic and repartee and their quaint theology, we may, if we please, see a satire on their betters. Rather, if we accept George Eliot's view, we have a kindly sympathy for the old order upon which she looks back so fondly. A modern realist would, I suppose, complain that she had omitted, or touched too slightly for his taste, a great many repulsive and brutal elements in the rustic world. The portraits, indeed, are so vivid as to convince us of their fidelity. But she has selected the less ugly, and taken the point of view from which we see mainly what was wholesome and kindly in the little village community. Silas Marner is a masterpiece in that way, and scarcely equaled in English literature. Unquote. Eliot depicts this rustic world and its people's irrationalities and eccentricities with a nostalgic fondness and a kindly sympathy. The villagers have primitive views and quaint beliefs and simple, kind hearts.